Welcome back to another episode of MMA Breakdowns and Bets. I am here alone. You guys, uh, you know, you see me here, you don't see Brandon. He is uh, making his pro debut this weekend. So he was out of everything. Tried to convince him to do stuff. He was out. He was out. He was out. He was out. Uh, nah, he just, he's just getting ready for his fight. So he's in Wisconsin with our uh, producer, Kamala Kirk. So I'm here alone doing a last minute late pod on UFC Fight Night Vegas. Brennan Allen, Paul Craig is our main event of that. Uh, man, I've struggled to get this out all week. I'm, I've been trying to record. I've been busy. I've been doing stuff. Brandon's been out. Kamala's been out. There's, there's been, I've got uh, JSP fighting the UFC this weekend. I've got somebody fighting Friday in LFA, Cedric Catalba. And then I've got Brandon, of course, fighting on Sunday. So busy week for me. Uh, I don't really know if that's why I'm doing this late or not. I just could not get myself uh, up and about to put this out. So I'm here now. I'm here. And that's all that matters, right? Better late than never. Um, last week was kind of weird. Uh, it was amazing pay-per-view card. I, you know, some of the dogs ended up doing well, but not as well as I think everybody thought. Uh, you know, I think there was a lot of really close fights. I think a lot of lines were, were line, a lot of fights were lined really closely. Um, but generally the favorites won. We saw um, Jessica Andrade, of course, get, get the big upset over um, uh, Mackenzie Dern, a couple others, you know, out there. I, I thought, I don't know, the Tabitha Ricci fight was close. Um, I think she could have won that fight. I think she should have kicked more. I thought she really could have stolen rounds one and round two with those drops. But I think if she had kicked more instead of tried to box so much with Loopy, like she did actually in her last fight, I think she probably would have ended up getting that nod. Um, a lot of a lot of close fights, a lot of really fun fights. And I believe that entire card, I don't think anything on the main card ended up going to a decision. I think they're all finishes there, which is which is pretty rare, but a lot of fun. Pareda got the win. Um I think that's probably the only main event I've ever called correctly. I feel like I get all main events wrong, but I thought Pereira is just so clean and he just doesn't mess up. And eventually I thought that was going to lead to something. And, you know, fortunately it did. Um, but let's get into this week's card. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. It's just me. I don't want to listen to myself speak too much. Um, but before we go, uh, please, you know, subscribe to the channel. Please like us on YouTube. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, please, uh, you know, download or follow or subscribe, whatever you do there. Um, I, I have Apple Podcasts. I still don't even know what the hell it follow. I think I follow the show there. So wherever you listen to us, please like, subscribe, and uh, share. If you like us, share as well. And uh, come join us on the um, Discord. We're on the Discord. All of our picks are there. Uh, we run it through Patreon. The link is in the show notes. And if you haven't bought my book, buy my book. Why not? Learn about me. I don't know. It's not that good. Don't buy it. Buy it. Uh, all right, let's get going. First, uh, let's get a couple fights out of the way before we get uh, before we get crazy because we know where we're going with some of these. And more so than what we know is where we, we're going is we know where I'm not going. And um, Lucy Petalova and Aline Perez. Yeah, I, you guys know I didn't film that. So I didn't film that. I mean, Lucy Petalova is, uh, Pudalova is three and six in the UFC. And Aline Perez is twerking on her Instagram all the time. So do with that what you will. Didn't tape it. Don't care about it. Um, other one I didn't tape is Amanda Hebus and Luana Pinheiro. Uh, Luana has a record. She's 11 and one. Um, Hebus, 
he must have fought good people. I mean, she ran into to a wall of Macy Barber in her last fight, but um, you know, she's she's solid. She's actually very good. She's very athletic. We were supposed to fight her with Tracy Cortez. Some some medical issues with Tracy forced her off that fight. Um, but there's that. And then the last one I didn't tape just because some things got switched around. Well, there's actually a couple things I'm seeing over here that got switched around. So don't hate me, you guys. Um, but, but I didn't tape a few of these things that Euros Medic, um, Mick Tech Beck oral by Jeez, Like I, I can't even say that once fast. Uh, Medich was supposed to fight, uh, Johnny Parsons, and I taped that. And then with the switch, I didn't have time to tape that. And then the last one I actually just saw, I don't know why I just saw this. You guys might know the Christian Leroy Duncan and Dennis Tallulan. Um, oh, that's right. Cause, uh, Leroy Duncan was supposed to fight Cesar Almeida, who has actually come and trained with us quite a bit at fight ready and helped Kelvin out. But when that fight got canceled, um, I didn't realize that they had a replacement in Dennis Tallulan. So you guys, there's a lot of stuff I did not tape on this. Um, so take all of that with a grain of salt. But then, you know, there's a there's a good amount that I actually did tape and, and watch and, and do stuff with. So um, let's get into the first fight of the night is our prelim. It's Charles Johnson and Rafael Estevam. All right, we've got Johnson. He's 13 and 5. Estevam is 11 and 0. Um, man, I, I like Charles Johnson on everything. I, I said this on the podcast. Um, you know, I, I really like him. I, I like his striking. I like everything that he does. Um, hold on, I'm going to stop sharing my screen now if I can figure that out for a minute. He does so much of the right stuff. His pre-UFC tape was really good. He defends takedowns pretty well, and if he does get taken down, he, he doesn't lay on his back. He gets back up. He does the right stuff. His strike, excuse me, is good. Um, good, sharp, clean punches, switches stances quite a bit. He's got good low kicks. He's long. He's athletic. He has good cardio. He seemingly does all of the right stuff. The issue with him, and we're going to see this a little bit later too in the Jake Matthews fight with uh, Michael Morales, is he lets other people lead the dance. And, and when you watch Charles Johnson, a lot of times he's in these close fights because he sits on his back foot and he lets people dictate, are they going to wrestle? Are they going to strike? Are they going to press? What they're going to do. And in Estevam, I'm not amazed by him. And, and I don't think he is any sort of a world beater. All right. But he is 11 and 0. He does have a couple of decent wins. But more than anything is, is he goes forward and just fights. He just fights. He's on his front foot. He's pressing. He's swinging. He's mixing up the boxing. He's mixing up the wrestling. And honestly, I think in a a close fight where people are somewhat equally matched on a technical level, it's who's going first and who is fighting how they want to fight. And man, I, I for as much as I love Charles Johnson, I just can't get behind him in this fight because I think that the forward pressure of Estevam is just going to win moments and those moments will end up winning the fight. So um, I, I've got to go with Johnson on this one and it pisses me off because I really like Johnson. Honestly, we see it a lot. The better fighters don't always win. And it's something I say all of the time to the fighters uh, in the room is it's, it's not who's better. It's who messes up first. And, you know, you see that so often 
and you see a guy like Johnson who is so good, but then you just have, uh, you know, Estevam who just doesn't care and is just in your face swinging for 15 minutes. So again, it's not always who's better. Next up, we have Nicholas Mota and Trey Ogden. Um, this one I've gone back and forth quite a bit. And the reason I've gone back and forth quite a bit is Trey Ogden's win over Daniel Zellhuber. Okay. And if we look at this, I'm going to pull up his, his stuff right now. We've got Trey Ogden. He's 13 and six. Um, he is, he is, he is, he's one and two in the UFC. Um, he lost to Jordan Levitt in a very lackluster fight that I think he could have won if he didn't fall down and pull guard in the third round of that. If he had sprawled, gotten on top, fought a little bit, I think he could have won. That was a short notice fight. His last fight against Ignacio Bahamandas, I actually don't think he looked too bad for the most part. I think he ha he had clearly had a hard time with the range. Um, Bahamandas switches stances so much, so he had a hard time with that. But I don't think he ever looked horrible. He just looked a little lost. The the real fight that I keep going on is the Daniel Zellhuber fight. And Trey Ogden just looked really good. And then we have Nicholas Mota, who is not amazing. He's one of those guys who's really good but finds a way to lose. We saw him with that Manny Torres fight and then in the Jim Miller fight. And that Manny Torres fight, first of all, he's tall and long and does a lot of stuff really well. And he just came in opposite stance with that big elbow and just flatlined Mota. Um, and we saw him in the Jim Miller fight. That was kind of a last minute fight. And he, or he was a replacement comes in, ends up getting hit, uh, by Miller who, who's done so well late in his career. It's just kind of weird. And then he's got the win over Cameron Van Camp, which is Cameron Van Camp, but he has a beautiful left hook. He has beautiful tight boxing. I, I like Mota. He's somewhat underwhelming sometimes in these things. He's one of those guys who's so good, but can find a way to lose somehow. And then on the other side, you have Trey Ogden, who's really good and has that beautiful win over Daniel Zellhuber. And then, of course, we, we has some weird losses because of a short notice fight and then fighting somebody really tall. Here's where I'm going with this, is I think Mota wins it. And I think Mota, first of all, that Trey Ogden win was when James Krause was with Ogden, and he was probably just in his ass yelling, screaming, going, and, and just motivating and, and had that game plan for him. I don't think... Uh, he's going to be cornering Trey Ogden anytime soon. And I think that matters. I think Trey, Trey runs his own gym, teaches jujitsu. And at that point you need somebody to scream at you. You need a head coach. Um, but really I think we're overvaluing that Ogden win over Daniel Zellhuber. Cause I think Daniel Zellhuber just freaked out. And I think he didn't show up that day. And I think Trey Ogden looked great. And I think he had the fight of a lifetime. But I think that win was more of Daniel Zellhuber letting the lights get to him and kind of panicking than it was Trey Ogden looking amazing. And I hate to take credit away from him or anything, but I, I like Mota. I like the stuff that he does. Um, man, and, and Trey Ogden, I think he thinks he's more of a striker than he is. If he would shoot and wrestle Mota a little bit more, um, I, I might like him a little bit better here. But I, I think he's going to try and stand up the whole time. And I think Mota is a little faster, a little crisper, and hits a little bit harder and just has a little bit more hate in his heart. So that's what I have there. Let us move along. What do we have? Uh, oh, we have Lucy Pudilova and Aline Perez, which we know where we're at. And then we have Lucas Alexander and Jaka Saragai. Saragay, Saragai, Saragu. Um, 
Man, uh, I have Siri yelling at me now. So, uh, yeah, Brandon tried to do that last time. If you guys were watching, I just did it to myself right now. Stupid. Um, we have Lucas Alexander, who is pretty good. He really is decent everywhere. In his last fight against Steven Peterson, he looked really clean. Um, he, he really did. Brito, of course, he took him out fast, you know, shot in, took him down, choked him out. I mean, and that was smart of Brito because he knew what a dangerous striker he was. And, and then on the other side, we have Sarah Guy, who, you know, when he was, he was fighting for the road to the UFC finals, I, I thought he was the better fighter there, but he was small. And I think he looked good. And then he got taken down and just beat up. And he defended some takedowns well in the first round and, and everything. And then whoever the hell he fought, what's his name, uh, just got beat up. Jubilee. You know, Jubilee got the ground, you know, takedown, whatever. But even even at 45, man, he's dropping down. I think he's too small at 45. I think he should be a 35er. Um, then you get a guy like that who isn't training years and years and years with the best guys in the game, fighting a guy like Lucas Alexander, um, give me that clean striking of Alexander, the aggressiveness. He, he's just a tough son of a bitch, and he won't die. Um, and, and I think he's just overall the better fighter. So I think this is a really hard first fight for Sergey. Um, and, and I like Lucas Alexander here. I don't think there's too much to, to go on over this. Um, oh, I guess before we go on further, let's look at odds. I mean, Lucas Alexander's minus 550. There's that. Um, Nicholas Mota is minus 134, where Trey Ogden is plus 112. So, so pretty close there. And then Charles Johnson and Rafael Estevam. Estevam's a minus 145. So I think that line is so close because I think the technical prowess of Johnson is what they're looking at. He is really good. Uh, whereas Estevam is just like he's undefeated and he's there and he's going to swing and he's going to be in your face and try to win. So he's not a great wrestler, but he will press forward. Um, let me see. All right, moving well along, we've got who is next up in our, our, our little agenda here. Um, Mick Parkin and Kyle Machado. And I am biased to shit here, so take what I'm saying with a very, very, very small grain of salt. Parkin is minus 350. Machado is plus 280. And I'm not biased because I like or don't like these guys. I, I met Machado. Uh, he was on one of the contender series. I don't know if, I think it was where Junior was fighting. So I met him, spent a little bit of time chatting with him because I really knew his uh, his coach. Uh, not his main coach, but uh, um, Lance Gibson was down cornering him. And I know Lance with with... Lance Gibson Jr. and Julia Budd, they, they come down and train with us. Love those guys. Machado's super nice guy. He is actually tall and, well, I don't know about tall for a heavyweight, but he's, he's a good frame for a heavyweight. He's loose and he's also fast, okay, in terms of like athletic and he moves well. Outside of that, I really don't have anything good to say about his skills because Man, he, he's a, a Belbiza with, you know, I think stand-up wise, man, he's head down and just swimming into his punches right there. Just windmilling stuff. His wrestling is not uh, very good. His jujitsu is fine, you know, and, and he's a jujitsu guy. I mean, so that's, that's his best attribute. On his contender series fight, he fought a heavy bag who just didn't do anything. And... 
I, I think the UFC is hard up for heavyweights. And so they get a guy and they say, Hey, we can throw him in there. If, if, you know, feed him the sharks, if you win some, then, then it's on him. You know, he, he keeps his shot. And if he loses, whatever, we build up some other guys. Some of those other guys are building up is uh Parkin. And man, I, I think he is really good. He's, he's not the most athletic heavyweight, but he's, you know, a fit guy. He's not, doesn't have a big beard gut or anything. And he has a beautiful pull right hand. He does everything really well, really clean. His takedown defense is pretty solid. His, his striking is pretty solid. He does everything really well. He doesn't overexert himself. He doesn't gas. Like he's a really solid fighter without these massive holes in him. He's coming from the UK, which, you know, the UFC needs these foreign fighters to build up these other countries. So man, I, I like Parkin here. I like him a lot. I honestly don't see how Machado wins this. He doesn't have crazy power. He doesn't have anything that really wows me about him. And he's fighting a very, very good up and coming heavyweight. So give me parking all day, uh, minus money. Uh, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was in the distance. So, um, next up people, we've got Christian Leroy Duncan. You guys already know about that. And, and then we have Chad and Helliger and we have Jose Johnson. All right. And let me pull these up. We've got and Helliger, I'm going to share my screen here with you guys again, because it's just me. I'll give you guys something else to look at besides my ugly mug and my crooked nose. We got in Helliger, he's 12 and 6. And we know Ann Helliger because he fought our guy, Haley Alatong. Alatong kind of had his way with him. I mean, that was that was just pretty one-sided beating over there. Um, he beat a tired Jesse Strader. Um, and, and Strader is fine. He's just a tough guy who swings. And if he doesn't get that, then whatever. And, and, you know, of course he's going to try and wrestle you. He gets tired. And then he, man, I, I thought, uh, and Helliger lost that Gafarov fight on the, on the contender. Gafarov of course fades out and stuff. He's, he's probably his best win is Brady Heistein, but you know, that was a while ago as well. He's really narrow. Uh, he reads stuff well, but he ducks his head a lot and that's going to be problematic against a really tall guy. He's got a really good guillotine, but that doesn't matter because Jose Johnson isn't really known to be a, a wrestler shot guy going to take him down. If he does, he's going to body lock him and take him down like that. So I don't really, um, you know, think that jujitsu, the guillotine or anything is going to be coming to play. And then we've got um, Jose Johnson who just beat Jack Cartwright. And um, man, Cartwright is very decent. He's not amazing anywhere, but he's very decent. Got a win over Delaney Perry, who was four and one, and then uh, Mo Miller, who was six and zero, oh, lost to Mana Martinez, and he beat a guy Dre Miley, who's actually pretty pretty decent on the regional scene. Um, lost to Demone Blackshear. I mean, Demone is is really solid. Um, I think people sleep on Johnson's jujitsu a little bit. I think it's not bad. His wrestling is not great. He's been working on it, but his jujitsu is decent. But more than anything, he stays calm. He has really good cardio, and a lot of that cardio is he's he's just calm. He's really tall, firing long stuff. He's got good knees. Um, I, I like Jose Johnson here. And I think this is kind of a loser goes home type of situation. And I think Johnson is the younger guy. I mean, we've got uh, Anna Helliger's 36. Johnson's 28. He's a better striker. He's flashy. He does the better stuff. He's a little bit more entertaining. I think this is a good spot for, for Johnson to look good, um, you know, in this fight here. So, all right. 
unsharing my screen. I keep going back and forth. Some of you guys are probably going to complain. Like I'm just going in and out of the share screen like crazy. Um, next up after Anna Helliger, we've got our boy, Jonathan Pierce and Joe Anderson, Brito. So, you know, I'm not, I'm talking about like half the fights on the card over here. Cause I've got Pierce coming up. Um, yeah, not saying anything about that. JP is hilarious with his weird JP-isms and sayings. And none of them make sense until you think about it. And then they all make sense. And then you're just confused at why you didn't get it beforehand. So uh, JP's got five-fight win streak. Um, you know, I'll be up there with him in his corner. Euros Medic, uh, a roll by. I'll talk about this a little bit. Um, I, you know, I... It's a weird one. Medic doesn't do a lot that's amazing at first. And he kind of touches people. He's nine and one. What is his his loss is a Jalen Turner, rear naked choke. There's no harm in that. Beat Matthew Semmelsberger, beat Omar Morales, Alan Cruz, some solid, some solid guys. Um he he's not an amazing striker. I mean, he's fine. Every, everything is good. He's he's fine. Like he moves well, he he's not swinging, he's he touches. What I like about uh, Euros Medic is he adjusts so well. If you're just watch him for shadow box for a minute or spar for a minute, or maybe even fight for say like three minutes, nothing would strike you as spectacular. But he makes really good adjustments against the people he's fighting in the moment as he's fighting. I, I think part of that is him. I think maybe it's part of his coaching too. Um, with Semmelsberger, we saw that Semmelsberger comes in and does a lot of stuff really well, man. And Medic was just, would just uh, find him and find him and find him. And he adjusts, he adjusted his kicks in that fight. Um, Morales is the same thing coming out hot and he just takes his time and he finds these little moments in these little reads and he just sticks to the plan and he makes these little adjustments. Um, honestly, like, and that's a lot of it. We talk about Brian Ortega a lot where he loses so many fights until he wins. And just knowing how to win is, is a huge tactical advantage, even if you're not technically superior. So you, you got to give him that. And then on the other side, we've got Mick Tybeck Orobai. Um, and he is fighting out of Kyrgyzstan. And we saw him recently murder Haywood Charles um, in LFA. It was round two. Um, just really beat the brakes off of him in, in a in brutal fashion, found his uppercut, beat Jalen uh, Fuller in, in LFA as well. He's 11 and one. His one loss comes to a decision in ACA. So there's that. Um, man, without going too hard into this, I think uh, Ola Bywind or Oral Bywinds. And I think, I think his striking is getting better and he has good power there, but his wrestling is good. Um, I think his wrestling is really good. I think he's going to take uh, um, Medich down. And he does stay there. He, he'll hold on a little bit too much. And sometimes you'll see him kind of pushing on the leg to try and pass, which is risky against a good jujitsu guy. He's going to grab the wrist, slap up a triangle and everything. I don't think Medich is that guy. Um, Oral Bai just fought. I don't think cardio is going to be an issue. I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, I think I take this with a small grain of salt, you guys, cause I haven't seen enough tape on him or anything, but I think I like oral by to, to get the upset here by just 
swinging hard and getting takedowns as long as he doesn't gas. So um, I, I say that, but watch the the live bet. If it looks like he's dying because he adrenaline himself out, definitely, you know, look, look for that live bet and keep that ready. Let me see the odds on that. If they have them up right now. Um, for me, they do not have those up yet on Bovada. I'm looking right there. I'm going to refresh and they still don't have them anywhere. So I, I don't know what the odds are on that. So take, take this with a grain of salt. Next up, moving along, and I'm keeping this without Brandon here to ruin stuff and talk too much. I'm flying through these. Although it is much, maybe that's why I didn't want to do that. It's much more entertaining. It's hard to talk to yourself uh, for this long. Um, all right, Amanda Hebes, we already talked about that. Peyton Talbot, Nick Aguirre. Peyton Talbot's going to win this. Um, Talbot, he is crazy. Some of you might have heard me tell this already. He fought my guy, Junior Cortez, in The Contender. And watching his tape, I was like, this dude just doesn't get tired. He just keeps going. Uh, honestly, I felt bad for Junior going into this because it was another Christian Rodriguez who he had fought before, who's just so calm, who's got good wrestling, who has good striking, is just down to fight and won't get tired and is just right there in your face. I mean, so you get two of some of the tougher guys out of contender series in the Bantamweight division. And that's who junior is fighting here. And, and, you know, he looked good. He won uh, round one on all cards and in round two, he looked good for about a minute. And then just, just kind of the gas tank went down. Cause he was, he was trying to put that gas pedal on so much. And we knew that he wasn't going to finish Talbot. And so we kind of knew like, Hey, he's got to win. He's going to win round one. He's probably going to lose round three. We've got to win enough of round two to win this fight. And, and he just didn't quite get uh, enough of round two to, to win it. Valiant effort. Um, you know, tough, tough fight. But at one point, Talbot is punching Junior in the face. And, and if I am uh, looking at the screen right now, if I'm Talbot, Junior is facing me and the camera. You guys over there are me and Eddie Cha in the corner. All right. And he is punching Junior, and he just points, looks at me mid-combination, points to me, right to my face, and is like, that's your boy, that's your boy, says last chance. And then he just keeps beating him. And uh, I was like, whoa, this dude is wild. Did not care, just he's marching Junior down, talking shit to him mid-fight, like, come on. He's like, you ain't got it, boy, you ain't got it. This is your last chance. You already been here. You don't deserve it. And we're just like, whoa, like kid just is game um he wears fishnets you go on his instagram he's a strange fellow um tough as shit fighter agiri uh man good luck to you he uh we saw agiri um fighting dan argueta and he, he looked good there argueta was taking him down um he jujitsued enough and will scramble enough and, and do that stuff um man but talbot is just gonna swing on him and I think Talba is going to win this fight pretty handedly. Uh, next up, Jordan Levitt, Chase Hooper. Man, Jordan Levitt, I think I'd probably always bet against him. And he's not bad, though, man. Um, both these guys are very stylistic fighters. They're grapplers. Um, Jordan Levitt, his hands are not great, but he's down to throw. We saw him in his last fight. He's, he would throw some heat. 
Uh, his last fight, he won with knees, and and he's he'll fight. His wrestling is pretty good, actually, and then his jujitsu is is good as well. I was rewatching his fight with uh, Patty, and man, he's taking Patty down. And when Patty would get back up, he had such good cage control and head position. And people don't realize how important head position is when you're you're on the cage. If I'm trying to pin somebody on the cage, I want my head under their head. Um, you know, whether it's on their jaw or under their chin, actually, I don't want to like drape it where I can get knee in the face, but I want my head and shoulders under their head and shoulders, which one I can pin them, but then they can't drop underneath me. When I'm on the cage, if somebody's head and shoulders are lower than mine, then I, it's going to, I'm going to have a hard time getting off of the cage. Just like in wrestling, I want my head lower than their head. I can want my head in their collarbone or in their chest or something. So as I'm shooting, it's an easier transition versus them being able to level change. Same thing in MMA. Uh, and Jordan Levin did that really well. The real issue with Jordan Levitt is not his striking or his torquing, it's his cardio. The dude just gasses out. He goes so hard, so so big on the send that he gasses out. Then on the other side, we have Chase Hooper, who looks like a skinny bag of milk. He's built like me, who doesn't gas out. But man, he, he is a grappler. He's more of a traditional jujitsu grappler than I would say Levitt is. He'll play on his back. He'll pull guard. He'll attack leg locks, arm bars, triangles, and stuff. If he gets on top, he's actually really good. And we saw that in his fight with, um, who is it? Daniel Tamer. All right. Took a solid beating, got on top. And when, man, when he gets on top, his ground and pound is good. Um, got on top of Philippe Colharas, got on top, ground and pound was good. Nick Fiore, you know, he won that fight. Um, Striking is looking a little bit better and his volume is a little bit better, but he doesn't feel comfortable and that chin is just such a liability. So I, I lean Levitt on this fight because I think the striking is going to add up and I think the rest, look, there's only, only so many boxes we can check. The striking I think goes to Levitt, the wrestling goes to Levitt, the physicality I think goes to Levitt. I actually give him a little bit of an edge in this straight grappling department, not in terms of like if they're rolling around or what they're doing. I think Chase Hooper is probably more technical, but in a cage with more wrestling and cage control, I kind of give that to Levitt. Um, cardio goes to Hooper. I, I don't know that Hooper is going to be able to get Levitt to expend all of that energy because Levitt's either going to shoot in and expend a lot of energy trying to submit Hooper, which I don't think that either of these guys are going to submit each other. So it's kind of stupid. Or I think this turns into two grapplers who end up striking more. And if that's the case, I don't think Levitt is going to get as tired as you would picking Hooper up and slamming him, picking him up and slamming him. I think his cardio is going to be okay. And now, it just, now it's just a striking match. And I think that the volume is going to go to Hooper. I think the power is going to go to Levitt. Uh, and, and I think the chin goes to Levitt. So if we're going box for box, box for box, I don't know what the tally is. Um, Honestly, the tally could be Hooper at this point, but I'm going Levitt uh, for the win here. I just, uh, man, that the lack of offensive wrestling and the lack of a chin from Hooper just worries me. I think I've gone against Levitt on every single fight and watched this is going to be the one where he finally just shits the bed. But uh, all right, let's move along. Um, we, we are not spending a ton of time here. How much time are we at so far? We're at 31 minutes with everything. 
I say 31, but your clock is probably going to say around 30 because uh, I started a little before you. Co-main event, we have Jake Matthews and Michael Morales. And, and this is the other one. Man, Jake Matthews is good. He's 19 and 6. Um, and he does so much stuff well. He ha- likes his check hook. Inside tight, man, he fires good punches. His wrestling is not great but he does a good job of attacking a guillotine. If he doesn't get it, he'll scramble and he'll start using a little bit of jujitsu in there. Um, cardio is good. Overall striking is, is really good. I mean, we saw him with, um, I mean, of course he beat the brakes off at of Diego Sanchez. Um, and we saw him with Andre Fiala, which shocked, eh, I say it shocked us, but that didn't age as well as we thought it aged. The Darius Flowers one, um, and then we saw Semmelsberger, and this is the biggest comparison that I can give to Michael Morales is the Semmelsberger fight. We go take a break from Matthews for a second and go Michael Morales. He's tall. He's long. He fires long one-two punches down the middle. He doesn't get himself pinned up against a cage. He'll fire, and if he finds himself floating to the cage, he recenters himself and refines his distance because he's long. He's got a good calf kick, and his wrestling, although it's not amazing, he has pretty good upper body Greco wrestling. Um, and, and he's just tough. The, the issue with him, biggest issue that I see with him is sometimes he's kind of asleep until he gets hit and gets hurt. And then he puts it on. He knows when he's he's got to have a sense of urgency. The other thing is he does a really good job at range, knifing his punches and picking people apart. Every once in a while, though, he'll like blitz his opponents and just start swinging when he does, he'll get clipped in those blitzes. We saw that in the Max Payne fight quite a bit. Um, and we saw that, um, um, yeah, I think it was pretty much the Max Payne fight is that I was, that I was thinking when he sees that. But here's the issue is that, first of all, Jake Matthews stance is going to open him up to that outside calf kick a lot. But he is waiting for that check hook. He allows his opponents to lead the dance. And when you're sitting there waiting for somebody to throw so you can check hook him, oh, really quickly, man, I got to switch the lighting in my room. There's a white wall behind me, but my uh, light, white balance looks pretty yellow. So it's not yellow. I don't have like piss on my walls. Anyway, um, he, he waits, he waits, he waits, he waits. And, and I've, I say it all the time. When people sit back and wait for that check hook, that is the worst thing in the world. I love a check hook but you've got to create the check hook. You're in there. Your face is, is out there. Your hands are there. You're touching a jab. You're throwing punches. Uh, Nicholas Dalby does this really well. He shadow boxes and kind of like flicks people's hands right in front of them. And then as he's backing out and they come in, then he throws the check hook, but he draws him into the check hook. Jake Matthews waits for the check hook. And Michael Morales is going to faint and he's going to throw the ones and then the twos and it's going to mess with the rhythm. And give me somebody who's offensively firing one twos at somebody who's defensively waiting for check hooks all day long. Um, and because of that, I've got to go Michael Morales here. Just the stylistic difference of somebody offensively firing versus defensively waiting. And, and of course, you have the young, like up and comer who's who's hungry. Of course, that all plays a point as you know a bit of it as well. But stylistically, I like Michael Morales here as long as he doesn't do anything stupid. 
because Jake Matthews is a vet and he's tough and he's good and Morales is going to have his hands full, I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Matthews brought the dog out of Morales. And if he, like we saw with Nicholas Dalby and, and uh, Gabriel Bonfim, these up and coming guys who are 15, 16 and 0, but they haven't really dog fought. Um, sometimes when push comes to shove, they break. I, I don't think Morales is going to break. Um, and I do like him here, but let's see what Matthews can do and, and pull it out. So, all right. Main event time, Brendan Allen, Paul Craig, um, man, Brendan Allen is amazing. Before we talk about how amazing Brendan Allen is, if you guys haven't subscribed, if you haven't liked the channel, please do so. Um, these YouTube channels are, you know, I mean, these YouTube videos are free for you guys. Um, whether you like our opinion or not, if you're listening, hopefully it offers something for you. So please like and subscribe. Check out the show notes for all of the shit we're peddling. Come check us out on the Discord um, and get all of our picks. Now, Paul Craig, man. He's one of a few people that we talk about we like pulling guard. He's one of the few guys who pulls guard and does it well. His striking is pretty bad, but he will throw, and he is not afraid to throw. And when he lands, he hits hard. Um, and, and he's a tough, tough, tough guy. Uh, Brendan Allen on the other side is – he's got a swag about him, man. He hasn't lost in a long time, and he's beaten a lot of really good people. And – Outside of the Jacob Malkoon fight, which I actually think he could have lost. Um, maybe I'll have to go back and, and look at it. It was close, but I, I could see that win for Malkoon. But uh, his offensive wrestling is getting better and better. We, we've seen him. He's just taking people down and submitting them. We saw what he did with Jocko, who's hard to take down and, and submit. Um, Muniz. He weathered that storm, choked him out. Uh, Bruno Silva just took him straight down and choked him out. Um, and his striking is good. It's really good. He moves well. He has good low kicks. He's been with Henry Hu for a long time. Sometimes he will get hit um, a little bit too much, but he has good body kicks. I mean, honestly, he does all the right stuff. He doesn't gas out. And then you have Paul Craig in a five-round fight who will gas out, who will start pulling guard. If Paul Craig doesn't win in the first seven minutes, I don't think he he really has too much of a chance. And then we'll see him start to pull guard and get a little desperate. I don't think we're going to see Brendan Allen jump in the guard like we saw. Who the hell was it? Um, Nikita Krylov. Just, you know, beating him up, looking great, wouldn't step out of his guard. Um, you know, Paul Craig is down a weight class. He's at, he's at 185. And he is a big boy. He's 6'3". Brendan Allen is about, what is he, 6'? They list him at 6'2", but I don't know if he is. I think Paul Craig is going to have a significant size and reach advantage. I don't know if that's really going to matter to Brendan Allen, who, man, he, he he's that guy. He's that guy. I think if, if he wins this fight, you got to start talking about him, at least for a title shot. He's won... Um, how many in a row? Gosh. One, two, three, four, five in a row. His loss to Chris Curtis. Um, you know, and he looked bad in that loss. He looked a little panicked. but And I've been very critical of that loss because I thought he had quit in him. 
And I think he's moved beyond that. I, I, I don't think we've seen really much bad out of Brandon Allen since then. So I've got Brandon Allen. I like Paul Craig. He's crazy. He comes with a war paint. Give me anybody who's painting their face for a way off. I mean, you know, Braveheart and all. So B. Allen for the win. Um, I don't think the fight is going the distance. I, I think somebody is getting finished. I also said that about Almeida and Derek Lewis and look at the hell happened there, but Brendan Allen inside the distance. That's what I got. Uh, that is the pod. You guys, that's all the fights. That's the breakdowns. Check out Brandon Olivas this weekend on his, uh, pro debut. It's on Sunday. Uh, and that will be on uh, UFC fight pass. And that's Anthony Pettis fighting, uh, championships, uh, will be that event. Check out JSP, who is fighting, to, uh, gosh, what is that, Saturday in the UFC. And then my boy, Cedric Catalba, Friday in LFA. So uh, see you guys. Happy betting next time.